make stream go live now. Thanks, everyone, for showing up tonight. Um, I'm Michael McDonnell. I am the cybersecurity librarian. Uh, tonight, myself and my friend Moro, we are hosting Hello, this live chat. Uh, let me explain a little bit what this is about. Um, so for many years, many of you have joined us uh, at many a social occasion. We've all had very interesting conversations. And uh, starting about a month ago with COVID, um, Moro uh, and I and uh, another fellow who will be here, uh, Warren LaFontaine, um, we all started doing a weekly chat and we had great conversations and Moro said we should do a podcast. All of our friends are really interesting and we don't talk about the normal stuff. And we had so many topics and every week more people joined our chat and we thought, you know what, um, let's take this to the next level. 
And we're going to do this as a live stream, and we can include many, many more people. I have no idea how many people are going to show up. Maybe none. Maybe a whole bunch. Uh, worst case scenario, it's the same great conversation. We're going to add a little bit of structure to it. Uh, Moro and I are going to be here through the whole chat, hosting it and facilitating the discussion. And what we're going to do is bring on a couple people at a time to talk about their careers and their career paths. A bunch of you haven't been part of our chats this month, but we think you've got great, interesting career stories and we've been curious about them. And so we put you on the invite list and said, ah, we gotta, we've gotta ask those people. Um, Moro and I, in fact, have uh, many ideas and it pretty much at this point have committed, we're gonna continue to do these until they get boring. Um, to Absolutely. us, they can get boring to you and you don't have to attend. <laughs> uh, so let me just uh, start. Moro, I've said, I've, I've told my version of why we're here. Why do you think we're here? Yes. Uh, so as Michael had described, we, we had these weekly chats and we came up with some uh, really great ideas. Uh, if you want to call them uh, actually uh, um, what my high school teacher used to call pearls of wisdom. And uh, I felt that it would be really beneficial uh, if we shared some of our ideas. And for at least the, the first segment here, we felt that, you know, for us being in IT for, for this long, and, you know, it, it's, been, it's been great. And, you know, IT has given so much to us that we felt we wanted to give back something, especially to those uh, younger generations uh, kids that are graduating from high school or, you know, some sort of post-secondary, uh, uh, post-secondary schooling. Uh, and we felt, uh, sometimes it's, it, it, it's a daunting task. I think that, you know, once you graduate, you, you kind of wade through the, uh, I guess the noise to try and figure out how you get into the industry. So we felt that, you know, if we could somehow get people that are already in the industry and can talk about their experiences, uh, maybe maybe glean some information from them, they could help those people uh, as they try and navigate towards a career in IT. Whether, you know, and maybe some of you are already in, in the IT industry and you just don't know, um, oh, my apologies, my camera just went out, but uh, I'll try and get this started again. <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm just gonna keep talking, but uh, yeah, no, uh, the, the, the feeling was that, you know, if, if we can somehow help help you, whether you're in IT or not, uh, you know, even further your career and advance it, uh, that, that would be beneficial. So again, you know, something that's hopefully going to help people. And uh, at the same time, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a project for us, <laughs> uh, you know, doing this live stream. So a little bit of fun, a little bit of uh, giving back uh, to the industry that's been so uh, gracious to us. So Michael. All right. Um, so the theme we've got for this week actually carries on from a great conversation we had last week where we started talking about um, how we got into IT or cybersecurity and the crazy um, paths we took. And that led us to coming up with a whole bunch of other uh, people we wanted to talk to. But uh, there's also a timeliness to this because uh, right now there's a lot of people out there looking for work. So it's not just about career paths, it's about, well, 
um, how do you find the job you want? How did you find the job you got? Uh, what unexpected turns did you take? Uh, what advice do you have? Um, and those are all the kinds of things we're interested in. And what we're going to do as we bring you on one by one is we're going to ask you a simple question. Um, what path did you take to get to where you are in your career? Uh, start at the beginning and um, tell us. And if your career is super interesting, we'll just cut you off. <laughs> all right. So let's see. Who do we have and we don't have? Uh, Warren LaFontaine is not in the room. Uh, you know what? We're going to start with uh, my friend Lisa. Lisa, you don't know this yet, but last week I talked extensively about you, giving you many, many thanks for being the person who created the monster uh, that I am in doing so many talks and courses because of when you were a grad student, uh, you got me started in this whole thing. Um, so uh, people have already gotten some tidbits about your career but I think we want to hear the whole story. So I'm bringing you on. Oh, Lisa, you're muted. Thanks, thanks for making me go first. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, thanks for th thanks for coming on board. Uh, definitely appreciate you volunteering, volunteering your time and joining us yeah. and uh, you know giving us some insight into uh, your career in IT. So uh, you know may maybe we'll just start uh, start it in uh, this this fashion. As Michael said, we we have a series of I guess questions to kind of guide you in your conversation. Okay. Uh, and I, I think the first one we really are curious about is uh, how, how you got started in IT and, you know, was it uh, like, how, how did you get to where you are today, I guess, right? So. Yeah, so it was a very long, windy path. And it's funny, you know, people ask me why IT and basically I'm just good at making computers do what they want to do, what I want them to do um, has sort of been how I thought about it. They, they always came easy to me and it goes way back to, um, like to high school, right? Like it's, and, and it was just one of those things that I sort of puttered around and happened to be good at. I did an undergrad degree in applied mathematics at Waterloo and Waterloo is known for its co-op program. And my jobs were just always basically, you know, what we would call now systems administration jobs, except I didn't know that at the time, right? I just kept computers running and did whatever I needed to do. And uh, I, you know, so I, I had a bunch of work as an undergraduate student with computers, my first job out of university, I kept computers running for an organization in Alberta. And, you know, moving to IT or into like the security side of things, it was just, I looked after PCs, therefore I looked after viruses and making sure that people didn't get them. And, uh, you know, as things morphed into an internet environment, I started having to take on to some of that, that concern too. Um, I ended up at the Alberta legislature as my second job after university and my that's when i really sort of formally got uh resp became responsible for tech for the security side as well largely just because i did windows and i did a little bit of unix and that's what they hired me for and our machines connected to the internet were the windows servers and it just kind of evolved from there um I think my time at the legislature is when I met Michael, even though I didn't meet him in person, we had to talk to do some of the library, um, connect up our library server so that he could do the, uh, oh, what were we doing? Just the, the um, TAL online library systems to search our, the legislature library. 
Yeah. That was a long time ago. <laughs> and and it was fun. And, and, and so at some point in there, I realized that I was more interested in the business side of things. Uh, there was a lot for me to still learn on the tech side. I did the sound certifications back in the day when I still had them. I had like a fairly low number. I think I did the beta test on uh, on the G GSEC. Uh, so I, I, you know, I did some technical work. I spent some time in the technical technical world, but I really felt more like I was driving policy because I knew the technical reasons why you shouldn't do things, and I thought that was kind of the wrong way to run security in a business environment. And I decided that I needed to learn how to talk business language, and I did my MBA to learn how to talk the business language and to think about risk and to think about how to get decision makers to pay attention to security at a at a decision making level and supporting you know supporting secure coding supporting the de secure development supporting whatever other needs are needed sort of for secure infrastructure design and i continued to do technical work i moved on to the alberta supernet project with the public libraries and and building on there and i also met somebody who i always say is a really dangerous person because they introduced me to a more dangerous person who said you should do your PhD. And so I did my PhD at U of A. And uh, my research, I like to focus still on the decision-making and funding and how to be more secure online. And, and so as my thesis was, and then I, you know, that was the point at which I gave up on industry. Or I left industry, I didn't really give up on it, I left it. And I became an academic officially. And I've been working as a Professor now, assistant professor for the last, I guess, seven years, eight, I don't know, it's starting to blur. Uh, spent five years in Maryland in a business school teaching information systems and security. And now I'm at the University of California. And again, I teach security wherever I can and working on some new projects that also sort of go into um, disinformation. I, I kind of think that the library schools, the library stuff actually did get to me. Uh, so information and uh, disinformation and hate and harassment and, and privacy are sort of playing more of a role in what I do and less technical security stuff is, you know, that's, I'm leaving that to the computer scientists these days. I don't know, does that help? Is that what you wanted? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I guess ch just kind of uh, building off of that, um, I'm more or less curious, uh, what does IT mean to you? Like, what, what does a career in IT mean to you? I mean, you're still involved. I know you're an academic, uh, but maybe maybe I should give you some background on on that question. Uh, I had this conversation with Michael as well, and I said, you know, uh, for myself, being in IT, I know IT is not just a job for me. Uh, it's, it's almost of a lifestyle. I know it sounds pretty sad, <laughs> but it isn't. Uh, I'm very passionate about technology, and I love technology. It's a part of my life. So I guess I'm just trying to figure out whether that's something that you feel the same as well, or uh, do, you, do you have a way to kind of separate, you know, your, your life with technology and, and how does that work for you? I guess I would say that I, I do largely separate my life from technology. I, I don't okay. feel like I feel, I still identify as being in IT and, and in tech and, and whatnot, but I think I, I feel that I do less of the technical and my technical skills have really, um, gotten rusty. I say that and then I, you know, like run into some sort of major troubleshooting issue and I realize that I'm still completely good at all of this, right? The basics <laughs> remain the same. 
Um, well, okay, you, you fine. Don't I don't know it, what right? the most recent, you know, whatever is, but I understand the basic skills yeah. if you do it. Right? You know, you, what's assisted you, You're always assisted men. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> fundamentally, yeah. that's, that's just how it works, right? So, uh, yeah. So, but I just, I don't see that that's, that's not, and it's kind of why I left what I was doing on the technical side was because there is a lot of room for me to grow. There's still a lot of things for me to learn and to do better, but it didn't appeal to me. That wasn't where I wanted to be. I actually am more, I find that sort of the, the policy and the, the thinking about the, like the human use of technology. So getting, so the, that neck, that different interface um, about how do we use technology? How does it impact our work lives, our societies, whatever, that became more interesting to me than knowing how to keep systems running. Um, that doesn't mean I can't do it. It means that no one in their right mind would pay me to do it these days because I'm so rusty. But um, <laughs> but uh, uh, that just wasn't what appealed to me anymore. So we have a, a really great follow-on question from someone in the YouTube audience. Um, and, and Calgary Penny asks, did you ever get to learn to uh, apply your mathematics degree in your career? And I know the answer is yes, because we've had so many conversations years ago about MATLAB and R and so many other things. And when you were doing your MBA, they made you do every discipline, including the highly quantitative disciplines. Yeah, those were easy though at the MBA level because they're all applied. Um, I, I really, so did I, did I use my math? Um, yes, yes, but I, like, I don't know. Some of the things they taught me, I've completely forgotten. Some of the things I've used again as I move into my PhD and as I do my research and I really rely on them again, but in my day-to-day -day jobs, not so much. Uh, but that said, the, the logic, the reasoning, the um, structured thinking, absolutely, I still use. Um, but I, you know, Mathematica does all of my calculus for me. I don't try and do that in my head anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, How's your Python coming along? <laughs> oh, you know what? I have a grad student now. I'm totally, he can do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I, you know, I mean, it sounds like we, we would love to have you back again, right, for a different topic. But uh, I guess just to kind of, uh, I don't want to say wrap it up, but uh, just to kind of clean it up a bit. Uh, so for those in the audience that are, uh, you know, looking for a job in IT or looking to advance their careers in IT, um, what two pieces of advice would you give them? Oh, you're terrible. Um, <laughs> I would say I would, it, a lot of it depends on exactly what you're trying to do, okay. but the, there are so many ways to sort of get involved in, and work on your, your technical skills. Um, whether that's you know finding hackathons to work in, finding other people to like build little apps, and I'm I'm terrible. I, I don't know how to do this stuff anymore. Um, I, I never I always said I wasn't really a coder. I was a scripter. Right? I could convince a computer to do what I wanted to, but somebody else wrote the actual underlying code. And my husband's a programmer, and I'm like nothing. Um, like <laughs> he writes code and thinks about exactly how to use the memory to run it most efficiently. And I'm like, does it work? He <laughs> ran, gave me an output. I'm happy. <laughs> Although you know, honestly, with the advent of Python, I would say scripting is uh, is probably a more valued skill at this point. But uh, well, it depends I, on what I, I you're doing, right? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, and so, I think, and because I'm a very hands-on learner, for me, my advice is always to try and find ways to work on projects and finding people to work on actual problem solving in some way. 
Okay. And I, I really do think that a lot of IT is problem solving know, at various different levels. I agree. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that, that was Lisa. Thank you. Th thank you again. We appreciate you uh, coming on board and helping us out. Oh, it sounds like uh, we're going we're gonna to do a plug for your uh, for your. Oh, that's I just, very sweet of you. I just want to embarrass her just it. a little tiny bit. Uh, when I met Lisa, I think you were already doing the GSEC. I was already SANS certified, but not involved as a local mentor. And I didn't know you oh, very yeah. much other than emails. And then I was Googling you and I'm like, who is this person at the legislature that I keep dealing with? She's so smart. And then I Googled you and I'm like, oh my God, she wrote a book on Linux firewalls. You know, my I management so... class, my, my management leadership class said, you know, ways to be taken very seriously is to write a book. I'm like, check, I did that. Yay. I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only reason for the book is to give me street cred. Well, you got it in spades. All right. Uh, we are going to move on to Derek. Hey, Derek. Hey, Derek. Uh, I think you're muted. Muted. There you go. There you go. Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, pretty good yourself. It's good to see you as always. It's nice to see you as well, Moral. <laughs> hey, man. I just want to say thanks again uh, for uh, agreeing to do this. Uh, I know sometimes it's a... Uh, it's, uh, it's an exciting but you know dangerous uh, journey, right? Uh, yeah, camera in front of, in front of everybody on the internet, right? So I don't but, know what uh, to expect from you. <laughs> okay, for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I think we're gonna we're, we're using the same lining of questions as uh, we did with uh, Lisa. So uh, I guess just to start off, uh, if you could uh, maybe give us some background on you know um, how you got started in IT, and uh, you know how, how how you've kind of navigated that to get where you are today. Yeah, so um, I started playing with computers when I was really young. So um, I had a computer in the house, an old 8086, and I used to learn how to get games running on it, and a little bit of programming and things like that. And I just kind of, it was always just something that I gravitated to. And uh, when I was in high school, um, I think I took the third, second and third year classes in, the, in, in like the, uh, compressed together because I just wanted to get through it so that um, uh, I could uh, move on to some other things. And uh, I was able to do that. Um, and then immediately right out of school, I uh, actually made a, uh, I tried to go to SAIT and learn about broadcast engineering, but that wasn't my, my thing. Uh, and uh, so I went to uh, Mount Royal and uh, took computer science classes and information systems classes and eventually graduated uh, with the information systems diploma, um, which was more on the like business side of things, like Lisa was talking about, um, it wasn't uh, hardcore programming. Um, although I did learn the languages at the time, uh, which were like really old COBOL and uh, uh, Pascal and C and like just uh, even assembly, they were teaching or, uh, that stuff. So it was a different time, but uh, I got into a job really pretty quick out of out of that um, doing service desk and uh, looking after a bunch of people at a, at a coal company. Um, I was there for a few years and then uh, moved on to some other uh, interesting things over the years. Uh, worked at uh, fuel and gas kind of companies, precision drilling, um, and uh, a few other ones. Uh, and uh, 
I've always, uh, on the security side of things, kind of been interested in it. I haven't done that for 100% of what my my career, uh, my career's kind of been as a generalist. So um, I do a lot of a lot of different things and I'm pretty good at some of them. And I'm, I'm uh, I could learn more on, on others, of course, but um, the most important thing is that I have a really broad base that I built up and that's just what I, I enjoyed doing. Um, I always liked knowing about uh, everything from the user all the way up to um, you know, the executive kind of level uh, stuff that really um, helped me along and helped me uh, build an IT department uh, at an oil and gas company. And then um, now I'm looking to maybe change things up a little bit and go back into uh, some of the technical work um, that I, I actually really like. Um, all the time I was at, uh, I was a manager, I was also doing technical work, uh, firewall work, um, intrusion detection prevention, uh, SIM work. Uh, so I just didn't get to do it the whole time, but uh, I would love to uh, look into doing more of that stuff. And this uh, type of uh, show that we're doing is really going to help get people out there um, to get encouraged about what they can do in security. Not everybody, um, you know, has to, has to be focused entirely on security. You can maybe do a little bit of, of everything, but uh, I think security is very important to uh, IT and uh, it's still not taken probably as seriously as it should, but I think we're, we're hopefully getting there. Yeah, I know for I, sure. I mean, especially- I, I got a story to tell about, uh, to follow up on this, just to interrupt you there, Moro. Um, so you mentioned you were precision. Um, so I met you after that, but I had um, done some work for them and um, you know, I, I, I went to these guys that were working there and I said, you know, you guys, I, you have great security practices. Um, this is like, I do not see this level of maturity among sysadmins. And they're, and I'm like, where did you learn this? Did you go on training? Uh, did someone tell you to do this? Do you have a book? And they're like, well, no, um, it was like that when we, when we got hired here and we just kept doing it. And then I went and I started working with you on lots of security projects and I saw the same practices and I asked you the same question. And you're like, well, we're just trying to follow the right advice. This is the right thing, right? You're just so like matter of fact and unassuming. And then I was, and I'm like, did you used to work at Precision? <laughs> <laughs> it was you and Vaughn. Yeah, were the guys yeah. that had built those practices. Uh, that is always, always, always impressed me. Thanks, Anyways, Moro, sorry to interrupt you. you yeah, no, 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 no. I was, I was just saying. Yeah, I think security uh, certainly is coming to the forefront. It's, it's definitely exciting times. Uh, somewhat unfortunate because you see, you know, people are absolutely exploiting the situation, such as you know with COVID and the lockdown, right? So yeah. uh, you, you see it in the news all the time. Um, anyways, uh, going back to topic. So I guess, you know, what does IT mean for you? I mean, you, you, you're still doing sysadmin and it sounds like you, you very much enjoy it and you kind of want to go back into doing more of that rather than, you know, I guess sticking with some you know, management, which, you know, uh, I'll admit I'm, I'm of the same mindset. I'm, I'm, I don't enjoy paperwork or, or managing per se. I, I really enjoy being hands-on as well. So uh, I guess, you know, what does IT mean to you 
and then um, you know it, it sounds like you you got in you got in and you were going to do broadcasting so it doesn't sound like necessarily IT was the the initial idea coming out of high school but eventually you found your way somewhere you know in post secondary yeah uh, and that, and that's where you gravitated towards so. yeah you know lots of people have uh, more trouble finding their thing uh, Mm-hmm. that attracts them to what's going on and it, it's taken me a long time to find uh what i really uh like doing and uh there was a number of years uh in, in the past where i really loved what i was doing because i was doing so many things for so many different people and working on so many projects that it just fueled me but unfortunately you can't do that forever so um i'm looking to get to I, it to me means um being uh just giving advice to people about the proper way to use things if 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 you can at all so um if and not making it a negative experience but trying to make it uh positive so you know i had to work on my wife for four years to go and get a password management program now that's my wife so uh, you can imagine a stranger how do you sell something like that to a stranger but it's something that I think we need to work on is more of the, uh, how do you say it? The uh, promotion of these uh, secure methods that even some companies to this day aren't following, such as banks. My bank doesn't have two-factor authentication. Um, The password limitations like eight characters. Like, so to me, that that's a broken system. Like we have to start teaching these things earlier on because, uh, even when I'm still doing my sysadmin stuff, I just heard the other day that somebody walked into an environment um, that was in Azure, default passwords. Uh, n- nobody had tweaked any services. Nobody had clear had played with the system basically to to make it do what it was supposed to do. It was just to turn on, make it make it work. And in, in my opinion, uh, we we should be backing up a little and kind of starting to plan some of those things. Yeah, no, I agree. So it's not just about uh, enabling the ability, but also, you know, uh, enabling the person and making them educated so that they understand and are aware of the risks, right? So. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So we have a, we have a question from, uh, from Penny. Uh, was there a pivotal moment or factor in your youth uh, that you now think contributed to your passion uh, for your work? I think the one thing that happened to me in high school um, was that I got to go see my dad's work, which was Husky Energy back in the day, uh, Husky Oil. Um, And I got to see their data center, which was uh, on a floor. And this was back in like 92, I think. So it was all, you know, like real tape and like all this really cool stuff. And when you go in and look at that stuff, um, it just... It op- my eyes just went, wow. And that again changed when I went to precision drilling and they had like two rows of racks full with gear and two huge air conditioners in this massive room. So to me, it was almost about this infrastructure. And that's what I really have been working on uh, is infrastructure uh, and just making all that stuff work. Um, that is kind of going away now with uh, you know Azure and, and all the cloud-based technologies it's still there. People just don't really know it's there, Um, but it's really cool. 
You're right. You're right. It, it's a shift, right? But I mean, it, it's still in the background, right? So it's uh, still it, all there. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, I, I guess, you know, uh, the last question, right? Uh, so the same question I gave Lisa, uh, you know, if, if you were to give two pieces of advice to uh, the audience uh, for those people that are looking to either get into uh, IT or progress in IT, what would those two pieces of, pieces of advice be? Uh, first of all, you, you need to have, some, I think, some sort of interest in, in, in something. So if it's, but it doesn't have to be like technical, you know, it, it can be business like uh, Lisa was talking about policy, uh, it can be any of those things, but the the, pa the passion for that piece of it, and then if you tie it into IT, um, that's the first kind of, kind of thing I would say. Um, second thing I would say is, uh, you know, learn from someone if you can latch onto somebody. And I know some people don't like latching. I I I, I don't I. I've been struggling these last few months trying to, you know, uh, do things that I've, it's kind of out of my comfort zone, but in doing that, you find people that are really interesting and can really teach you a lot. Um, you, everybody around you can teach you something. And that's kind of the most important thing that I, that I would say. Okay. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree. Um, uh, sorry, my camera went out again. <laughs> but uh, no, I tend to agree. Uh, actually, it was uh, I was actually thinking about that as uh, possibly a future topic. Uh, is it safe to say that uh, we're, we're probably uh, agreeing to say that it was maybe mentorship? Mentor mentorship is uh, can be a a, a great uh, kickstart or an accelerator for those that are uh, looking to, I guess, up their game or and or get into the IT industry, correct? Well, and you, it's somebody that you can kind of follow their, their a few of their leads. Because there's, I mean, when I was in, you know, high school, there was some good people in high school and there were some bad people in high school. Sure. And you kind of got to gravitate to, to what you're comfortable with. Um, but those mentors, like people that, that do their PhDs and, and have a, a ton of experience as well. Those people are, you know, uh, they could get paid and they should get paid way more money than they get right now because sure. they are helping I everybody. I agree. I agree. Yeah, no, uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, uh, I think mentorship is uh, something that's, you know, maybe uh, overlooked, especially in Western society. I know that, uh, I mean, so my background, my parents are Japanese and I know that in Japan, for example, there are certain, you know, certain industries where, you know, without mentorship, you're just, you're just not going to go anywhere. You're not going to even get in. Uh, I mean, a great example of that is actually uh, sushi, uh, sushi uh, chefs uh, to actually be a world-class sushi chef. You actually have to beg a sushi master to take, to you, take on you on yeah, as an apprentice. And you're working for basically like four or five years without pay. I mean, yeah, you'll you'll have you know a roof over your head. Uh, the master uh, will obviously teach you the skills you need to learn to to move ahead. But yeah, no, I, I feel that mentorship is actually quite uh, quite an important asset if if you can get it right. So um, yeah, no, yeah. Thank, thank you for that uh, pearl of uh, pearl of wisdom. I agree one hundred percent. So yeah, I I really wish if that's the one thing I could I could have done earlier on is uh, find and attach to one or more people and just get that community together and move forward uh, at, like that. For sure, for sure. Okay, well, um, that's it. No, sorry, go ahead, Michael. Literally one of the reasons why uh, 
I wanted to do this and a lot of the other um, activities that I'm hoping we'll do is in my own career, uh, the opportunities for mentorship were missing. And I looked at other professions and there's a, a healthy tradition of mentorship. And at a certain point I, I stopped thinking, well, you know, you kind of got to stop expecting uh, to find a mentor and you got to be one to other people. You can't just keep waiting around. Um, and as unprepared as I was for that, I just thought, okay, well, um, start looking around at all of your coworkers and is there anything you could do to make them a little better at their job today? Because if you do that, you make somebody a little better at what they do today and they do it, there's a feedback loop. And before you know, we're all actually getting a lot better. Yes. It's peer mentorship. I didn't realize there was a word called peer mentorship when I was doing that. And then one day I'm like, yeah, that is so yeah, good. I nailed it. Cause I, I just actually um, was talking with my wife and she's, she's sitting on, on her computer working uh, remotely and she has her windows side by side on windows 10. Um, and cause I showed her how to do that. Now she, I said, send make a message on how you did that and how i taught you and send it to all your staff and say tip of the day here guy and she immediately got hey that's so freaking awesome because now they've doubled their productivity at home almost from the click 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 yeah i mean you know what i mean oh for certain for certain okay okay well, uh, so we've got we've gone through two people Thanks, I guys. just want to make a little. I want a little pause, okay. just to go to the audience and say, "Do you have any questions right now? We'll take any anything to come up, any feedback, uh, and then we'll move on to a couple more folks." I'm just going to pause awkwardly here. Oh, there's a whole <laughs> lot of private chats amongst our behind the scenes guests, people waiting in the green room. Yeah, I've I've been reading it offline, so okay, okay, it's quite. I have a. I have a very difficult job tonight, which is running the studio. Um, and I don't know how to do that because unlike Derek, I never had ambitions to go into broadcast <laughs> until this weekend. <laughs> uh, but you're enjoying it. So, hey, you, know, you, you must be doing something right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, th thanks, Derek. I mean, we appreciate thanks, it. Guys. We hope you show up for uh, one of our future uh, live streams. So I'll be there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep Derek in here in the on air. Okay. Yeah, you know, just keep sort of keep it rolling. So it's you and I hosting sure. as we bring in other people. I I haven't kept Lisa on because she's stepping aside at the moment right now. She's listening okay. but doing other stuff. Um, okay. So next, uh, how about Ryan? Hey guys. Hey Ryan. How's it going? Pretty good. Yourself. Good to see you. Um, my kids are playing Minecraft. I've got pizza for them, so I've got a few minutes. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Okay, well then, uh, yeah, let's get started, and uh, hopefully uh, right. you can, uh, you can uh, intrigue us with uh, your tales of how you started in IT and uh, how you ended up where you are today. It's a colorful story that I will try and condense for you. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, so I'm on the high end of the, the – uh, Millennial cusp. So I grew up with a DOS computer at age four, loading programs, getting into Leisure Suit Larry when I was way too young. Um, 
my grandma was a programmer. My great uncle was an application developer for uh, IBM or mainframe tester, something to that end. So technology is kind of in the DNA. Uh, get into junior, uh, not even get into grade school, and my homeroom teacher had all the computers. He was the computer teacher. Uh, I started getting into playing with those. He pulled me out of class to boot programs up for people in the middle that did, you know, get out of music class, go run this for somebody. Um, by grade nine, I was basically his right hand and fixing stuff in the middle of class. Um, go through high school and all the nerdy courses you could do, you know, um, programming and multimedia drafting, uh, robotics. Um, it was either architecture, which was more science, or technology, which I was really good at. So took that approach um, where I kind of started to lag a little bit, I guess. I mean, I, I got into the field young, but um, a lot of help desk time. I didn't uh, jump into the, the infrastructure stuff. I didn't lurch ahead trying to get it, get forward. And um, so I got a little discouraged. I went into the oil field for a while when, it, when things were good. Um, dealt with a bunch of rig guys while trying to fix their computers. So very colorful experience. Um, came back into the city, worked for a lot of MSPs, which was really educational and challenging in, in its own ways. Um, and at this point now I'm, I'm in house. I know and do just about anything that gets thrown at me. And, um, it's just fun and games except for when I have to write reports. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, I think that's the, the truth of every sysadmin, right? Uh, once a sysadmin, uh, you enjoy the hands-on and the ability to, you know, uh, solve problems. Uh, and the only thing that really slows you down is, okay, well, I need to report on, you know, blah, 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 or I need you to do some change management. Although I, yeah. I know change management's very important and people should stick with that, but uh, I, I hear your pain, so. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I took down some VPN connections on Tuesday morning because I uh, was trying to make one quick little tweak and into the office I go. So, <laughs> yes, change management is important. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. Okay. So, uh, it, it sounds like, okay, IT is a part of your life, obviously. I mean, you, you said your grand, your grand, or sorry, it's your grandmother. Uh, my grandma and my great uncle. Right, right. We're already in IT, which which is phenomenal, which is crazy. I mean, your grandmother, wow, to be she, to be she in programming IT. Cobol. Oh wow, yeah. She, like, she did the old and she did the old punch cards for programming oh, wow. as well. So I'm assuming that was probably what in the in the seventies? Like even then yeah. that's seventies, eighties, early nineties. Okay. Um, okay. She moved to Alberta in I think it was the late nineties. She worked for a credit union for a while doing some programming, like Oh wow! She was, yeah. Uh, she just she found an act for it, um, and despite the era of the time, I mean, uh, yeah. a woman in a technology in a new field, exactly. um, but she didn't like doing whatever was the trend of the day, accounting. Uh, <laughs> she found a, a knack with programming, and so she went with it, and she did very well. That's amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing story. Uh, even even today, we we know that you know women are are certainly underrepresented in in the IT. Uh, big picture of IT, so uh, that's, that's oh, definitely. I've worked with a hand. I can probably count on one hand how many techno technical women I've worked with. Okay, yeah, no, uh, I, I think I'm probably in the same boat, right? So, um, so okay, so what does I guess what does IT mean to you today? And 
is it, like, I mean, it sounds like since you were in grade school, it was sort of where you were gravitating towards. And then you've kind of, you know, uh, kind of went a little bit sideways towards the oil, oil and gas, oil field uh, type jobs. But um, I, guess, I guess I'm kind of curious to know, uh, what does IT mean to you even today? And, uh, you know, again, I say, I think it's a part of your life and your lifestyle, but uh, maybe I'll let you uh, do the talking on that. Yeah, no, so technology to me is, at the end of the day, like anything else, it's a tool. Um, it's a means to do things better, easier, faster, more efficiently. Um, so for me, the big thing with any organization I work with is how can we make the technology work for you? How can we make your job easier or better or um, more advantageous, uh, whether it's taking things out of an Excel spreadsheet and putting them into a database or getting into the business analytics or moving things up into SharePoint and the like, especially with all this COVID stuff. Everybody has to work at home. Okay. The files are up on the cloud. You click there and you go, oh, this is great. This is amazing. Yeah, we've had it for two years. Nobody's used it. Um, so it just showing people how to use these things and making making lives as best as much as much as you can better um, with with and by use of technology. It's it's a machine. It's a tool. Use it. Uh, so, yeah. so, many, so many people get stuck in the old the old methods, the old systems, and it's an a, a, an adaption to change. That maybe some people don't want to do, but yeah, no, I, I completely understand. But uh, it certainly sounds like you're you're still very passionate about IT and uh, more more or less passionate about you know showing people how, how or helping them enable themselves in, in leveraging IT. So yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, if I teach them, it's the teach a man to fish principle. If I teach right. you how to do it, then right. maybe you can help yourself, and absolutely. maybe you learn more and take that. And absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we have an irreverent question from uh, Nathan. <laughs> no one. Okay, so for those who don't know, uh, Nathan is a veritable font of knowledge on ancient video games, and so he asks: Leisure shoot, suit Larry or Quest for Glory? Leisure suit Larry. I I'm going to tend to agree. Is, leisure suit Larry myself. <laughs> leisure suit Larry and the Land of the Lounge Lizards, I believe it is, is the full title. The oh. original like '88 oh, oh, Sierra oh. game. Oh, Aren't oh, you oh. too young to even know that? <laughs> Again, I figured out what all the answers to the questions were because it asked yeah, exactly. you a series of uh, <laughs> battle auditing questions, and yeah. Nice, nice, nice. I mean, nice. It looked no different than King's Quest. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Just don't ask it. Just don't tell the cabbie to go home. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes complete sense. <laughs> well, I, I'm quest for glory, and that's only because Nathan got me to play it. So, uh, oh, there you go. There you go. You always have, there's always there's always got to be one guy, one guy in the crowd. Right? Uh, okay, so just let me show you this. This is this is the audience. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. <laughs> so there's a consensus. There's a consensus. All right. Right on, right on. Okay, well, Ryan, uh, so uh, last question here. Uh, two pieces of advice, if you could give it to, to people, what would they be? Soft skills are invaluable uh, in any field virtually these days. You're hired for your hard skills, but you're kept for your soft skills. Being able to talk to people, 
not to chew their ears off. Um, if somebody just wants to know, okay, it's fixed, great, tell them to leave them alone. If they want to know what happened, explain it. Explain it in a way they understand. Getting into, well, a VPN tunnel is uh, blah, blah, blah. VPN tunnel is like a long network cable. A, B, there you go. Oh, okay. Um, so soft skills and being able to communicate with people is, is very important. And um, don't be afraid to play with things. I once had a boss walk up, hey, have you ever worked with Juniper? No, but I'll give it a go. And um, so, yeah, just don't be afraid to play, to check things out, whether or not it's relevant ever. Um, what you may find and discover plays somewhere else down the road. You start yeah. to see all these things tie together. Systems are fundamentally the same. They just look and act a little differently. Windows, Mac, Linux, Cisco, Brocade. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can agree more. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the same thing, right? Uh, you know, I think being IT folks, we are innately uh, curious. So, uh, you know, when given the task, at least those people I find that are the most successful, given the task, they'll, they'll take they'll take it, right? And uh, they'll learn yeah. it, learn it inside out to the point where it's okay. Now you need to explain it to someone, and you know, sure enough, it's like, okay, now you're the expert, right? And I don't know how yeah. many times I've told my current boss, it's like, he calls me the expert. I'm like, no, I'm not the expert. I, I just barely touched the surface of this thing. And then the next thing you know, it's like he's telling me, okay, well, brush up on it even more because we, we need someone that's an expert on our team, right? So um, I find that 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 you know, a lot of cases, it's just thrust on me, even though I don't volunteer. But I never yeah. back up either, right? So uh, I yeah. It's I can't agree more. I think that's a, I think that's a great. Yeah, it's the nature of MSP too. Is you know it enough to get it running and keep it running, but optimizations and and really getting into it never happens. So you just kind of like Derek, you become a generalist because that's the the nature of the game. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, uh, so uh, well, thank you. I mean, again, thanks for uh, yeah. uh, volunteering to do this. Uh, we definitely appreciate uh, you know your your insights. And your story as well. So, and uh, again, you know, uh, props to your grandma. Like seriously, uh, <laughs> that's like so cool. I, I'm like, wow, your grandma was a programmer. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, awesome. that is. That's yeah, I mean, amazing, right. So, so Lisa, yeah, there's the. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Lisa points out that uh, originally, women uh, programming was considered women's work. Um, debugging was literally removing bugs out of physical systems and programming was considered women's work because it was just calculations. And the notion that, uh, you know, we get, we, it's society today. We get this, this, uh, horrible phrase thrown around math is hard and it's often thrown in the face of a woman. But back then it was like, you know, the women will do the math. We've got drinking to do. <laughs> Uh, well, it's, pro it's proven time and again too, because the uh, the original coding for the the first moon landing was done by a woman, and it was it was mm -hmm. almost as tall as we she was, wasn't it? No, you're absolutely right. W women have definitely been very important in that forefront. Uh, mathematics uh, coding, right? Photography so, in World War Two. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely, it, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I could go on. I'm not. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, uh, thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Derek. Um, I am going to bring on next, uh, Neil. Hopefully Neil's ready. Um, 
Neil's always and, ready. <laughs> I, and simultaneously, I'm actually going to bring in Alec, but we're going to talk to Neil first. Um, you guys know each other um, because you both worked at uh, – I'm not going to tell where anyone works. That's up to you. Um, but you, you guys know each other, and I know you guys separately from you guys knowing each other, which I think is completely cool because you know what? I didn't even clue in when I invited you. I didn't until you, till Neil, when you said, Alec, like, oh, right. Uh, so yeah, okay, well, well, let's get started. So uh, funny story about Neil. So I've met Neil before. Uh, it was actually, I wanna say probably close to around five or six years ago, we were sitting at a checkpoint conference in Calgary and you know we were just chatting and uh i think we we were sharing the love of these potato chips from uh, death rain and we were talking about oh yeah it just has so much flavor and so much kick and we're like oh where did you find it last so uh i haven't seen neil since then actually we connected on linkedin and i think we exchanged a few messages back then but since then i i, I lost track of where you went so uh it's certainly a pleasure to see you again and uh thank thank you for agreeing to do this. So um, anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll kick this off and uh, say, okay, so uh, how did you get started in IT? And uh, you know, how, how did you kind of end up where you are today? Well, I feel like the token old guy on this call, because um, I got started in IT a very long time ago and uh, um, I got to think about it. I think it really, you know, what I would go back is I grew up on a farm and that farm uh, was a long way from anywhere. My dad used to say, you know, we were so far in the sticks, the, the sun would set east of us, right? Um, my closest friend was like 10 miles away, but I got given a computer when I was six years old. So it all started there. Um, you know, from there, uh, I would say this will probably date me but I used to get regular copies of um, Rainbow Magazine and enter in the assembly code out of the back pages of that every month. And it would pretty much take you a month to debug that and get something useful. And then uh, there was no internet. I lived on a farm, so we had three channels of TV. And you'd wait for uh, the next month's issue to come out with the missing page of code or whatever you needed to do to get that program running and then start on the new one. Um, during that era, John Draper was a very famous hacker. You know, everybody would know him as Captain Crunch. And uh, I would read about him uh, because newspapers and, and uh, encyclopedias were the key ways of getting information at the time. And uh, lo and behold, I got into the very first school in our school division that had a computer science lab. That was probably the worst thing that they could have done uh, because within three, three weeks, I had them locked out and was holding the administration keys for ransom and uh, subsequently got threatened with being expelled from high school. Um, so... You know, I started my hacking career very early. Um, part of all that experience led me to not go into computer science. Although I received a computer science award when I graduated, I chose to go into a trade. 
So I, I went into construction and project management and uh, had, you know, an eight year career doing project management, moving through many different uh, industries and uh, finally ran into a guy that was doing tower work. And that was a really interesting uh, uh, looking job. I asked him what he needed for credentials to, to do it. And he said, well, you need to be a radio engineer. I thought, okay, well, radio engineer, that doesn't really sound fun. Uh, I went to the local community college and they were just starting a class in network engineering. And I said, well, what's this about? And they gave me a bit of an idea. And, and uh, they said, but you're too late. You've, you needed to have applied three weeks ago. The course is already a week in. And I said, are you sure? Because I, I think I can catch up. So they allowed me to self-study, catch up. And I ended up uh, graduating from that class, top of my class. Uh, that kind of put me right into the dot-com boom. Um, so interestingly enough, I didn't work as a network engineer for very long. In fact, I think I climbed three towers uh, before I, I w while I was in school, I had learned to code as well. And, and interestingly enough, and this really dates me, I, uh, I had learned to code in uh, Fortran, Pascal, and assembly in, in high school, but uh, Mocha was just out. And, and, you know, for everybody else, JScript, JavaScript, that's what it evolved into. I found I was good at this, and, and it was really marketable in that dot-com boom. And with that, and with uh, graduating uh, out of this, uh, this technical school with, with the honors, I got a job where I uh, started to work in a head office for a, a big company, and then lo and behold, got to uh, uh, work to move their data center uh, to Calgary and then moved head office to Calgary and then subsequently expanded their network across Canada and into the U.S. So that's where I started. Okay. Okay. So that, that's a very interesting story. And, and thank you for sharing. Um, kind of curious, though, like how, how have you gotten to where you are now? Now, I think you are a director at an organization, director of IT, I believe. No, so actually, uh, uh, believe it or not. Um, so I, I, I guess I would say how I got to where I am is by being a nonconformist. Okay. I generally don't follow the rules. Okay. Alec can probably attest to that. Although yeah, I generally yeah. find myself in roles where I hold people to rules. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, so I would say I, I ran a company for a while, uh, worked with lots of small, medium business. Uh, I then moved into a larger industry that, you know, the um, – Oil and gas is re really attractive in Calgary. I don't think you can work in Calgary and not spend some time in oil and gas. Uh, then I ended up moving into the financial world, um, stood up cyber, cyber risk for a bank, uh, and then worked my way through the ranks to where now I, I actually lead an internal uh, audit team uh, for technology. 
Oh, wow. Uh, that's, that's amazing. Amazing. So I want to jump in with one little thing that I know about your career um, that really impressed me. In fact, it was one of the reasons I thought, oh, I got to include you in the conversation. So when I first met you, you were an IT manager. Um, you had your CISSP already. Uh, most of your day-to-day -day concerns were IT-related, but you were security-minded. Um, but what was really interesting is adding on to that, you had sort of set a goal in your career. And you said, you know what, I'm going to be, I, I can't remember you thought it was CIO or CTO. And um, you went through a lot of steps to make that happen. And I, I, please forgive me, but I'll be honest. I thought, yeah, this guy's going to be a CIO of um, a smaller, medium-sized organization. Uh, and then literally a couple years go by and you made it happen. Like had a vision for yourself, you had a goal and you took a lot of steps and it blows my mind. Tell us about that. I don't know that there's much to tell there. Um, I, I I had to erase my whiteboard before I started, but um, generally I find if you set yourself goals, which is what I do every week is go to the whiteboard, set the goals, and then try to work towards them and mow them down. That's that old project manager coming in, right? The first career, you never get away from that. You start asking, everything gets prioritized around the goal. You know, what are you doing to move towards the goal? Next week, evaluate, is the goal still valid? And then just keep moving. So there really isn't much to it other than uh, prioritization and realizing that if you're barking up the wrong tree, you need to do something different. And then um, another thing that, uh, you know, I, I have to mention because uh, my one of my mentors right now came out with just the greatest thing that um, I find I've always done, but it's so simple. It's called Gishido, and you can Google it. It's the art of getting your crap done. And, uh, and uh, you know, if you really want to know how I got there, that's how I got there. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. So um, okay, so uh, I guess moving along here, what what does what does having a job or a career in IT mean to you? And uh, I mean, it sounds like you you know that's not necessarily where you were going to go, although you were definitely inclined uh, in IT. But uh, I guess I guess you know what what drives you uh, to stay in IT? Like, well, why why what what does IT mean to you? I, I don't think you can avoid IT. IT is everything now. And, and for the jobs where it isn't classified as IT, they just haven't realized it yet. Um, if you look at you know, the proliferation of technology into everything, you look at the fact that you know, everybody spends minimum an hour on this every day. You know, what's your screen time? I'll ask you guys that. What's your screen time? 
Oh yeah, no. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm an SE, right, for a cybersecurity company. So <laughs> I'm the I'm the worst person <laughs> to ask that question. I probably, you know, the better question is how how much time do I not spend on my phone? In which case, it's like, yeah, maybe you know, other than the eight hours I try to get in at sleep probably like maybe 10 hours if I'm lucky in a given day that I don't spend on my phone. So, but it's 16 yeah. hours a day, 16. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a lot. Right. Um, I think it's interesting when you look at, and I haven't been in this as long as some of my mentors, but I'm probably been in this longer than anybody else on the call. And uh, I think the most neat thing about IT and technology is how it all started off where there was a small amount of us technologists that were supporting everybody and, and really doing, you know, that hard back end work, be it, be it system administration, programming, infrastructure. And now that has all come to the end user. Everybody is doing some portion of that themselves. Even most people are learning to code whether they know it, know they're doing it or not, right? So I, I find that to be one of the most interesting things about technology. And why would I leave this now? You know, I've been in it so long, I, I probably don't know anything else. And it is a perfect time to apply this. So. <laughs> Pascal would be very happy with you right now. I'm going to have to send this to him. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so uh, I, I guess the, the last question that I'm, I've been asking everyone, uh, if you could give two pieces, of, two pieces of advice to someone that's trying to start off in IT or is in IT and you know looking to progress, uh, what would those two pieces of uh, advice be? Two pieces of uh, uh, advice. So number one, um, two years ago, we were talking about VUCA, you know, volatility, uncertainty, complexity. Um, embrace VUCA. Like COVID-19, we're in VUCA. Embrace that. Figure out how you leverage it. Use it to your advantage. A great thing right now is a lot of companies will be starting to consider whether they need their technical resources in an office or if they can work from home. What that's going to do for technical people is open up the marketplace way beyond where you live. So that's number one. So don't just look local, look all around the world right now for where can you work. I, you know, I have a good friend that, that works in Israel right now. Uh, for a local company, you know, yes, he keeps some very odd hours on both sides, but it works. Um, the other piece of advice is don't follow the normal path. You know, it used to be that to get into IT, you had to work help desk, you, you know, you graduate through the ranks. Don't do that. I never worked on help desk and I don't wish that on anybody that, that uh, doesn't isn't geared that way. I, I think there's a mindset, and some people are good on help desk. But if that isn't what you want to do, figure out what you want to do, set your goals for it, and go after that. And, and you know, you talked about the mentoring. 
find somebody that's doing it, get them to mentor you. Believe it or not, the people that are out there, and, and this is how Alec and I met, is I was out looking for talent and I found Alec. Spoiler so. alert. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, I couldn't agree more uh, myself. I've actually, I mean, later on I did, uh, just subsequently because I needed to fill a, a backfill a role. Uh, but I never started my career in IT on help desk. I've never, you know, other than that little stint that I did again to backfill, but that was like after years of doing system administration and they just needed someone to, you know, do password resets. And I was like, okay, why not? I don't care. I can do that while I'm doing, you know, other things on the side. So like, there's me, I'm, you know, configuring Cisco routers, but you know, in the spare, you know, on the side, I was, uh, reset, resetting passwords, but yeah, no, uh, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I think if you if you have a strong skill set, but it's not even the skill set. It, it's a strong mentality. It, it, you know, I think I think you put it right when uh, you said, uh, you know, write down your goal, right? Write down the goal, and then you know, use Gishido to to, to obtain that goal, right? Uh, find out what you need, and then you know, focus on that goal, and then just go after it, right? So I, I think that's very fundamental. So yeah. Uh, and and be brave. Um, you know, I've, I've definitely found myself in forums where I wonder, what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> but, you know, chin up, uh, you know, fake it till you make it, play the game. And, and you'd believe, you wouldn't believe, you know, everybody's human. They're just looking for a different perspective. Offer that perspective. And, and you know, um, yeah, and try to mentor others around you as well. Like that that peer mentoring, that is key. Uh, it's interesting because uh, the topic of tonight was job searching. I've been very fortunate where I've never really found myself job searching, but I found the vast majority of jobs never came from an application. They came from a peer saying, hey, can I introduce you to so-and-so? Or, hey, did you know they're looking for somebody over here to do this? Absolutely. I agree. I could not agree more. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not going to steal this thunder. Uh, if no one makes the comment, maybe later on towards the end of the, the live stream, I'll make it. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, you know, getting out there and, uh, you know, talking to people is, is very crucial. So, uh, Neil, thank you again. Uh, appreciate your, your time and uh, your valuable advice. And again, uh, like everyone else, we, we hope we'll see you again in a, in a future uh, live stream. You bet. Well, you know, I think that um, actually we're going to, you know, we're going to run out of time to talk about a lot of things that we wanted to, especially around job hunting. I think that's next week. We're going to have to do just that, probably, dedicated probably. to that. Absolutely. Because um, after a few things that Neil just said, I could, I, I want to go on for <laughs> half an hour. Uh, and, I don't know. We we can we can keep going, but anyways, okay. So I I do have one thing I want to do, and this is the reason why I brought on Alec at the same time. Alec, you've worked with Neil. Before we start talking about uh, you and your career, I want to ask you: Do you have anything you want to ask Neil? Because that's why I brought Neil on it because I knew oh, some of his backstory, question. but I wanted to know more. Is there more you want to know about him? So, so that's a really good question. Every all of the best conversations that I've ever had with Neil 
were me coming to him and just explaining something. And every time Neil would come back at me, not with a, are, is that incorrect? But have you seen it from this way or this way? So really, I guess more, less of a question and more of a statement is if, if you're going to meet someone or talk to someone and they're explaining something to you, how do you come to that perspective where you could always not rebut me, but maybe have me think about something in a larger perspective? I always found you're really good at thinking of things in a larger perspective. Uh, um, you always had a really pragmatic view. So uh, uh, thanks for that, Alec. And um, yeah, I think that's a, a key thing. We can give people answers, but that means that you know you're right. I, I wouldn't say I always know I'm right. And usually the person looking for the advice, they don't know they're right. So how do you solve it together and really talking about that, the, the big picture and looking at the big picture and then talking about it together, right? I think that always worked. I learned a lot from Alec. In fact, you just reminded me, I, I think I have my your cloud security book on my desk here somewhere still. Yeah, yeah, probably. There's a couple that I have no idea where they are. <laughs> okay, right on. So uh, Alec, I, I guess we'll get started here. So. Um, how did you get started in IT and how did you end up where you are today? Okay, that's a good question. I've been thinking about this a lot as everyone else has been talking. So I'm gonna kind of tell my story the best way I can think of it. So the first most important part of my story at the beginning is that I was gonna be an actor, period. We can come back to that at the end. And the second most important part of my story is connection. So like Michael said, I, I know both Michael and Neil independently, but at the same time, it wasn't independent. So my my first kind of experience with hands-on, hands-on IT is I was at SAIT. And in 2015, Michael came and gave a presentation to one of our classes because we had people come in from the industry. And he, he really sold the presentation for me on working in info cybersecurity. And then um, shortly after that, both Michael and Neil were at the capstone or the end of the year showcase. And Neil, I was talking to Neil because he had a, a blue ATB name tag and I had previously worked at ATB as a teller. And he had asked me, um, do you know this kind of system? Uh, do you think you could do it? We're looking for a student, you should apply. So my answers were, no, I don't know what it is. I can probably figure it out. I'm definitely gonna apply. So from that point I got in, I you know went through the interview process same as everybody else does. And um, the reason I got hired, uh, my boss at the time told me this was to allude to something that Ryan said was, no, I don't know how it works, but I can definitely figure it out. And I, I, my old boss at the time is still a current friend of mine. And he said, that was the thing that had put me, that had set me apart from other people. It wasn't that I could do it, but it was that I was sure that I could do it. Uh, from there, I worked in uh, a network security role and then an information, an operational information security role at a financial institution. And then I did um, product, um, sort of project management. It, that that role is kind of hard to describe to other people. And while doing those things, I finished up my uh, Bachelor of Management because my thought process has always been, no matter what you're doing for a company, you're still part of the company. So you can be the best technical person there is, but you are still part of the business. So you need to understand the business. Um, to circle back to connection, the, the job that, that I moved from the financial institution to where I am now was 
because of someone that I met in uh, an information security forum. So that it's, it's again, it was talking to people, it was getting out there and to talk to circle, lots of people said things that I want to talk to. Um, Neil's comment about you can work from anywhere and do your job anywhere. My firm is across the country and I'm here just to kind of put it in perspective. It's not as far as Israel, but it's still pretty far away. Um, trying to catch back up to myself here. And then what I'm doing at the same time as my current role is I actually just got accepted last week or the week before into the MBA program at Calgary, again, for the same rationale of if I'm going to be part of the business or I guess in my um, current role consulting with people as a face of the business, you need to understand both what you're doing technically, which you can learn from work and from self-study, and then what you're doing um, from a business perspective as well. Okay, yeah. well, that, that, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're, 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 you're definitely uh, progressing even further than wh where you are now. So that, that, that's amazing. Um, okay, with that, then, uh, what does what does IT mean to you? Um, you know, both from a pro professional standpoint, but also a personal standpoint, like is, is IT an integral part of your life? Uh, I think for Neil, it is. I mean, like you said, right? Uh, everyone carries a smartphone, so it's yeah. You disconnect yourself from it. But I'd like to hear your your perspective on that. So I think for me and the way I view IT and and security and whatever work you want to do, it's it comes down to understanding how things work, and then you can kind of you can you know hacker mentality out from there if you want. But it's really how does this work, and how can I either make it work better or get it working again. And I, I think the, the best kind of examples of things like that are more mundane things like, you know, some people are they look at computers and it's it's mind boggling. But the, the thought process and the way you would kind of work through troubleshooting something technical is the same step you're going to take if your dishwasher breaks and you take it apart. Right. It's it's understanding what works and how and then how can you use those systems to make the work that you do better and easier. OK, that's a good answer. That's a great answer. In fact, uh, I think that's. Uh, that does sum up quite a quite a few of us, right? We're we're always looking to take things apart, whether to just learn how it works, and or improve it, right? So uh, yeah. I I certainly uh, agree with your answer uh, or your advice there too. Um, I guess with that, I I think we kind of understand where where you started, and it sounds like your journey really began with Michael there, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, showing up at Sate and uh, you know giving giving you a one heck of a speech as he always does. Um, with that though. So if you could give two pieces of advice to anyone that's trying to start out in IT, maybe even in cybersecurity, uh, I haven't really asked that question. So yeah. uh, what, what would you say were those uh, two, I guess, pearls of wisdom? Okay, so the first one is, it, it, it kind of feels like, you know, the old proverb of any job is it's, it's, it's networking, it's, it's talk to people, it's get out there, e even small conversations, like, like the one for me and Neil, my memory of it is the name tag. That name tag was the, the, that kind of connection that I saw there, and that's what I, I leaned into first. It's just, it's it's people. No matter what job you do in any industry, it's, it's always going to be people. And then my my second piece of advice um, is kind of more generic, excuse me. Um, it's that it, it's okay not to be sure, right? You, you can know you can know what you want to do to a degree, or you cannot know, um, and that's fine. You just need to kind of always be be looking forward and making steps towards something. And and I, I wish I could tell myself that, I don't know, when I was 18, because there are large periods of, of my life where I, I wasn't sure. 
And, you know, you get kind of, when you're younger, you feel like you need to know by, by 22, you know, your life needs to be locked in, but you, you don't. And, you know, maybe you start and you come in and cyber is the hot thing and that's what you want to do. And you get here and you're like, oh, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of reports. There's, this isn't, I'm not hacking everything all the time and it's not for you. That's okay. It's okay to then change your mind. And I think, yeah, I think that's my, my really important one. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good answer. I, I, I certainly, uh, I certainly like that perspective as well, right? Uh, I think a lot of people, uh, for example, enroll in you know post-secondary uh, institutions, thinking that you know at the end of the tunnel they'll, they'll come up with a job. But yeah. uh, what I really do tell people is, uh, you know, and it was it was even my experience. You go to university to learn what you want to do, not necessarily yeah. to learn what you're going to do, right? So. It's, it's an exp exploration, really, right? Just a well, Yeah, and I, I had four university majors before I ended up at SAID. <laughs> okay. I, I, I was going to be an actor, and then I was going to be a sociologist, and then I was going to be something else, and then I was going to do something business-related, which I guess I came back to. But it, it's that whole, it's okay not to know thing, right? Like, I, I wasn't yeah. sure, and I kept changing my mind as things didn't quite work for me. Yeah, and that's okay, right? I mean, yeah. you're just on a journey of discovery, trying to figure out what you want to do, right? What, what your passion is, right? So... Um, but uh, anyways, let uh, me ask. Let me ask this: um, Why the MBA? Why now? Like I, it's not a like. Yes, yeah, so, so I could a, ask why not. Yeah, that's it. So that's why? a that's a really good question, and the the I guess the long term reason for it is that it it's it's always been kind of the from an education perspective the the pinnacle of what I was working to. And if you had asked me that, and the, these are questions that Neil has asked me too, a few years ago, my answer was kind of muddled. But but for me, the biggest reason why I want to do or to, to finish my MBA and to get the MBA is because I want to get into a, a leadership position where I can help people then push into the careers that they want. So the too long didn't read of my answer is, I, I think this is a really good way for me to be able to help other people. Good answer. I. Give me one second. I want to, if Lisa's still here, I want to get her because I don't think anyone else in the call has an MBA. Uh, are you there, yes, Lisa? I am. Okay, yes, do you have, do. okay, I remember all the good things and the really, really, really difficult things about your MBA. And you had a unique MBA. Do you have advice for Alec, who's just I've, starting his MBA? No, I actually love the MBA. Um, I don't remember the difficult parts. So HR you for me was hard don't? because I didn't do people. The, the PhD, everything about the PhD was oh, hard. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. But the, the MBA was was excellent, and and I really like. I completely agree with your reasoning for for the you know moving that way. I think it's really valuable um, to be able to have that business language and to be able to see. Um, see how to help people in the careers and in the different roles, that not everything is necessarily a hands-on technical um, role, but it's really, there's an important aspect to being able to translate between a very technical language of IT and cybersecurity and what have you, and the very, um, well, the more business speak, the business language and, and stuff. So I, I really believe it's a great introduction to do this. And so have fun, are you doing it part-time? Uh, no, I'll be full time. 
Wow, that's brave. I did it part time. Yeah, it, it works out a little bit nicer for me because my firm is across the country. They're a few hours ahead of me. So I start a little bit earlier and then I have most of my afternoon and evening. Oh, okay. So you can actually still keep working and yeah. do that. Do both. Yeah. So that's excellent. We, we may have to do another episode about the difficulty of doing grad studies as uh, someone already in profession. Yeah, um, call me in August because I, I don't know until August. Yeah. Uh, there's there's someone watching who couldn't get their technology to work, Warren LaFontaine. Uh, actually, Warren was one of the people who kind of inspired this whole idea of this thing. And Warren's currently finishing his MBA. Uh, no, sorry, not MBA, a master's degree. Um, we, we could, uh, I, uh, when I, when I knew Lisa, I decided to do a master's degree at almost the same time, except I had a choice. I could do the MBA. I could do, uh, the master of library and information studies, or I could have done a graduate diploma in statistics. And I thought, oh, the statistics would be super cool, but you can't get a job in that. And then I was like, the MBA, I don't even, I don't know anyone with an MBA. So I went and did the library thing because I had really strong references. And all it's gotten me is to be able to call myself the cybersecurity librarian. And I love that, uh, by the way. That's great. <laughs> but I, to this day, like, so for, I went through some very, some years after uh, watching Lisa's uh, career progress. And um, uh, in some senses, coming along for the ride. Uh, and then I thought, oh, I should have got an MBA. And I met a lot of people with MBAs, and I'm like, oh, that would have been really great in cybersecurity. Really should have done that. And then, of course, this year, I suddenly discovered data science. I thought, the graduate degree in statistics. Statistics. Why didn't I do that? <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go, man. It's karma. It's karma. It's yep. Karma is calling. <laughs> um, so to follow on Alex, I think the ideal person next is Chris McNeil. Because like of everyone here, I think that uh, you guys started at similar times and you both accelerated your careers um, really fast. Um I've always said that you know you don't need 15 years to get the 15 years of experience to get into cyber. You don't need to start at the help desk. You just need to start and go somewhere. And I think you've got contrasting stories, but with equal degrees of success. Hey, where's Chris? He's not even here anymore. Oh no! Did, did oh he, my God! Did, did he have to? Did he have to go? Well, just like oh, Alec, yeah. Chris, Chris has like. Three yeah. little ones running around. Oh, okay. Uh, and this is probably about that time of the night where uh, okay. he's called to break up the fights. Okay. Um, oh, no worries. No worries. Um, we, we, we have the other Neil, I think, right, on standby? Uh, you know what? We do not have Neil Stewart. Oh, Neil, no. are you in the audience, Neil Stewart? Because we'd really love you to join the, the channel and tell your story. Because you also have a great, great career story. Um, all right. Uh, well, that's okay. You know what? That's okay. You know, again, you know, uh, it's life, right? Life happens. So, I mean, we, we will definitely catch up with him on a different live stream. I'm certain. I mean, we've got so many topics. 
really waiting, waiting to kind of, you know, burst out and, you know, scream, yes, come, come, you know, you know, let's talk about, you know, me kind of thing. Right. So, uh, so let me, let me, let me redirect this. So we've gone through all the people that have, that have, uh, shown up, uh, that we invited who, who, who could get mm -hmm. onto the, the cast. Um, but we haven't tackled the topic of job hunting. Okay. And so I'm going to grab uh, some of the people who are still here in studio and, um, you know, let's spend a little time talking about um, advice for job hunters, uh, how you found your jobs, that sort of thing. And then we can kind of wrap up. Well, yeah, you know what? I think we should, uh, well, that's not a bad idea. Maybe, maybe we'll touch on it a little bit, right? Maybe, uh, maybe ask everyone for, you know, some advice. And yeah. Then, uh, maybe I, I think I want to do a whole, I want to uh, do a whole yeah, thing on that. Exactly. Exactly. Cause, uh, you know, we can go on forever, everything from resume writing and, you know, what makes a good, you know, cover letter, uh, to, or why you should have a cover letter to, uh, you know, networking in general. So, uh, I, I yeah, but, let's, uh, let's, let's Let's do a quick round table. Yeah, yeah. Get some advice, and then okay. uh, next week we'll come back and we'll do exactly in depth exactly. on that. Yeah. I, so I this is this is me and Moro actually doing an exchange that we hadn't talked about about what we're doing <laughs> next week. So you know, if you've got an opinion, uh, put it down into the chat, and then we'll like factor sure. that in. So oh, I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring in uh, Neil and Derek and. Uh, Lisa, because that's the max we got. Sorry, Ryan. Ryan's the only one left in the studio that isn't on here. Um, Ryan's probably better than me. Oh, really? I can help okay. you find an academic job, but does anyone want one? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay, Jeff. So uh, I guess what we're looking for is some advice uh, when you're when you're out there job hunting. So. Uh, I guess uh, on my screen here, I, I see Alec in the top right. So maybe we'll start with Alec. Uh, if you can just give, uh, you know, I guess uh, a piece of advice for those that are, are, are job hunting right now. Um, what would you, what would that be? Um, sorry, one second. Give me one second, please. So my advice would be, you need to be, and this is a, again, I guess I'm just trying to say networking in a different way, um, but you need to be more than your name in the system. So go to meetups, you know, make presentations, find a way so people can can put your face and your work to that name because we all know what it feels like to send a resume into the abyss. But if you have someone that's expecting it at the other end or even recognizes a little bit, that makes a big difference. Okay, thank you, great answer. Uh, so off to my uh, right-hand bottom there is Derek. Uh, Derek, uh, same question. Uh, if you could give some advice for job hunters out there, uh, what would that be? Derek is a job hunter. I know Derek is a job hunter, but I also know he used to be a manager, so uh, he's certainly got yeah, my hairdresser said uh, resumes and you know finding okay. those those people that were uh, looking for a job with him. Right? So. You, you would have thought, and but that, uh, uh, things have changed dramatically uh, out there. She said she feels like um, so I, I would say the, the number one advice I can, I can give is uh, stay positive. And it's tough I right now a, uh, with everything else that's going on in the world. You. Okay. But yeah. stay positive. There's something out there for everybody. And I think, you know, I'm changing the way I'm applying even for jobs now. 
instead of just sending them to every single thing that's coming out, because, you know, everybody needs to get a job. Find the one that's like, it's the one that fits you to like the T and then put a lot of effort into that. And, you know, I think you can get some positive results out of it. I've seen a few things happen around that uh, with me here in the last couple of weeks and uh, positivity. It's huge right now. I can't. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100 uh, percent. You know, it, it's easy to kind of, you know, fall into a slump and stay in the slump. Right. And then next thing you know, you're, you're, you've been unemployed for a year. Right. So it's, it's I, very it's very tough. And I, I've been there. Yeah, um, I, I, I hear you. And uh, yeah, no, uh, I, uh, I have no doubts that you will you will find uh, employment and I have no doubts that you'll find the one uh, find the position that you know suits you. Yeah. And your passion. Right. So. Yeah, and th- doing things like this really encourages uh, me and I'm sure others yeah. to okay, com- continue I, doing this. I lost my absolutely, absolutely. And thanks again, right? Uh, Thank you. Appreciate your advice. Uh, so I guess moving on, uh, Neil, uh, what would you say is uh, critical for uh, job hunters out there today? You know, I, I, I can't say what it would be critical for job hunters, but when you finally land that interview, um, being yourself, being prepared, knowing about the company, about the industry, as much as you can research on the internet. Uh, If you can reach out to anybody in your network to get a bit of background about the company industry, and then be yourself and, and, and really show up to those interviews. Um, Quite often by the time uh, that I would interview people, we got down, everybody had the qualifications. It was really looking at who was going to show up to be their best every day. And you're looking at that interview as that, right? And, And when I say show up is your best every day, I don't mean suit and tie. I mean, like your authentic self, right? Because that's what you want to see as a boss. You want to see that person. You want to see their work ethic. You want to see what the, makes them tick, you know? Um, I want to know, know you have kids. I want to know if you don't have kids. I want to know if you love sailing. I want to know if you love rock climbing. You know, I want to know if you love the, the flames or, or that other uh, team that's up north. So for sure, for sure, for sure. And not say the name. <laughs> uh, I, I know what you're saying. You know, be genuine. Be you know, be human, right? Uh, you know, because that's the best way you're going to find out if uh, you know you fit in into that culture, right? Because I mean, I think cultural fit is something that uh, certainly gets overlooked when people are looking for that career, right? So, and again, you know, sometimes you just don't fit into an organization, and that's fine. But yeah. uh, certainly an organization out there that, that, you know, you will fit into, right? So it's just a matter of staying positive and, uh, and asking that. questions about how you're going to fit in. You know, some of the yeah. best yeah. interviews I had got way past, you know, can you do the job to, you know, people asking really good questions about how the organization works, what the intricacies of the job are, right? And uh, getting into the meat of it. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Okay. I'm I'm actually curious right now if any of the people that interviewed me uh, last week are actually in the live stream. <laughs> yeah, you know, ask Michael a question or you know put it up there, right? So def- definitely. <laughs> 
Okay, well, thank you, Neil, for your advice. Uh, Ryan, uh, piece of advice you can give to uh, job job seekers out there today. Oh, yeah, you're muted. I got muted, and now I'm unmuted. And <laughs> you need to go away. I have kids. So, kids, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll echo Neil's. Um, you definitely you want to be genuine. Um, don't be afraid to go for jobs that are a little above you. In, in your skill sets because somebody may be looking at an opportunity to say, you know what, he's got a lot of skills, but you could train him up. Because some people don't want to have somebody come in with a bunch of preconceived notions. They want to work with somebody and massage them. Um, personality is a, a huge factor. Uh, I was actually involved in the interview process for one of our junior guys. And it came down to, we had people interviewed that were way overqualified. They had been managers. They wanted a tier one job. Uh, that's not going to be a long-term fit. Uh, guys who want to want to learn, want to do things, are motivated. Um, I, I won't uh, go into too much detail on this part, but there's a book I'm reading that it focuses on what drives you. Why are you here? Why are you doing this? Um, because fundamentally, why is at the core of... Um, it goes beyond our... our I've lost it. Uh, basically, it goes, it goes down to the emotions. It goes down to the gut instinct. You're right. Of, you're right. Well, what drives you, right? It's like, you know, yeah. and, and, and your passion, right? And again, you know, yeah. if you're passionate about something you do, you'll succeed, right? Bottom line. Yeah, if, you know? I, if you're applying because you want a paycheck and you want to come in and from eight, nine to five and yeah. and it's whatever, yeah, it's not going to be a good fit. If you're driven to, I want to learn, I want to do things, I want to get yeah. better, I'm, I'm excited about this, that really, really plays across in those interviews is um, there's a passion there and, and a drive that, that makes it make, makes you far more appealing. I, I couldn't agree so more. We, we have a couple interesting points from uh, the audience here that I want to bring up that are just really timely. So uh, Calgary's Penny or Calgary's Penny, uh, first says, hey, I think cultural fit matters less when there's remote workforce. And I think that's a really interesting point. Uh, so if you've got remote people, uh, maybe it's different than being the obvious. Uh, but uh, Jared Richardson says, hey, look, uh, company culture is keeping our team going right now while it's remote. And so I'm kind of interested in uh, everyone's opinion here. So, so uh, I I'm, I'm going to agree with Jared's point. Uh, you know, even even though you know we're remote, well, we're remote working or working remotely, uh, we still we still organize things like you know virtual beers, right? Or like even for us, we're still you know although we're not all working in the same company, we're all in the same industry, and we still figure out ways to, you know to get together. Uh, I know in my company, you know, there are people that organize you know virtual you know virtual happy hours, right? Every Friday, and you know. There's a reason why we do that. We we actually enjoy each other's company, so we are a pretty tight knit team, uh, even though we don't necessarily work directly with each other, right? Uh, so, again, uh, I I think Jared makes a, a pretty good point that you know work culture is certainly something that's that's helping us get over this hump, right? Uh, in terms of uh, you know not being in the office and uh, intimately close with your your work colleagues every day. So. Well, and, and to speak really metaphorically about it, your fingers are still part of your body, right? They might be an extension and at the extremities, but it's still part of the core that makes you who you are. So the business is just the same way. For sure, for sure. So, 
So one of the things I think is interesting is that, um, and I think there, this is the difference between the two opinions, is that if you're hiring right now in a situation where it's remote, you might be less concerned about cultural fit. You're not going to have this person sitting elbow to elbow in a big long row of desks with somebody. Um, you're not going to um, uh meet with them around the water cooler necessarily you might be saying well you know it's a remote person do they have the right skills and then uh we'll interact with them you can and i don't know if that's a right or wrong attitude but so maybe i can that's the way it is you're uh, remote right yeah so i can speak to this too so my and i guess that depends on what company you want to work for and what kind of work you want to do because like i said my firm is all the way across the country and they during my interview process with them, not once did they check with me any of my technical skills. It, it was, will you fit as part of this group, even though you're far away? Because we're all still part of the same the same unit. That That's, that's interesting. This is why we're going to have to do an entire <laughs> session on this topic. Um, I have so many opinions. Um, so... Uh, I, I, okay, I, I've, I've been not stating my opinions this whole thing. I'm going to kind of, to, to sort of uh, continue wrapping up the session. I'm going to, so here's what most many of you don't know, some of you do know. Uh, I've been job hunting for months and months and months. And uh, I am now, as of Monday, working in a remote job as well. Um, and it's very interesting to me because a lot of the advice that everyone uh, has given uh, rings true. Um, a lot of what Derek was saying about, uh, you know, Derek is just like me, hired more people than, uh, than it applied for jobs, right? I've hired lots of people and never had to hire. Reflecting most of the jobs I got, I got because I knew somebody. Somebody said, oh, my God, we'll, we'll hire you. And you know what? It's absolutely true. But it's not that you have to know somebody. It's that you just have to get yourself noticed. And there's lots and lots of ways to do that. Um, I'm working on an article right now that I'm going to post on LinkedIn, which is about how we can help and support our friends when they're looking for work. And it doesn't matter, like right now, there's so many people out of work, so this is a really important thing. But in general, um, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that I've learned. Um, uh, I'm gonna, let me share one little thing here. Uh, this is the thing I'm, I'm, I'm uh, working on uh, to showcase Derek. And I've seen, and I'm copying, I'm totally copying. Oh my God, my uh, hair's going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, but it's COVID hair. It's totally okay. That's right, that's this is great. a this is a COVID photo. You, you know, it's. I think it. I think it plays really well. Um, I I think you you don't have to know who's hiring you. You do have to be able to showcase yourself and get noticed. And so for months, I was looking for work. And it really started to play with my head because I it was like uh, screaming my resume into the into the void. I and I started to doubt myself in serious ways. And then um, 
another friend of mine who's not here, Martin, gave me some very straight advice. He said, ah, oh, just stop. Stop creating this drama in your head about what's going on because you have no feedback and start taking actions. And as soon as I did, that advice hit me. I was like, what am I not doing that I could do? Well, I could reach out to my friends and ask for help. And it was a huge, huge problem. I couldn't ask people for help. I couldn't ask for recommendations or advice. And I did. And before you know it, in the space of two weeks, all of a sudden it went from my LinkedIn profile getting like zero hits to getting 250 hits to getting no interviews, no one looking at me, no one calling me back to all of a sudden in the space of three days, five interviews. Um, all because of action I took, but just to ask for help. And then all of a sudden people saying, well, I know somebody, uh, let me help. Um, let me get you to get noticed. And the next thing we do, we'll, we'll talk a lot about all of how that works and how you can help all of your friends get a little traction. Um, I'm that would be pretty great, sure there's some people in the audience who like right now they're going, yeah, <laughs> let go all night. I need to hear this. So uh, uh, because I, I, a week I, ago, that would have been I me. Say, yeah. I, I, you're, we're going to go down a rabbit hole. So uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to finish at least my thought uh, with this last thing. Uh, I find that uh, especially millennials for whatever reason, although they are a culture that's uh, much more on the uptake for social media, for whatever reason, I find the millennials I speak to are not on LinkedIn. And I think that's a huge mistake. So for those of you that are watching this and are wondering why you're not getting hits and why you know, you're having struggling with uh, job hunting, uh, open up a LinkedIn account and make sure that you know, those instances where you meet people that are interesting and or you know, especially those people that are going after uh, or, or in a um, sorry industry that uh, you're, you're you're interested in, you're literally trying to find a career in it. Add them, ask them. You know, can can I add you to my LinkedIn and network with them? That's that's crucial. And LinkedIn, more importantly, doesn't cost you anything. It's you know, it, it's it's a free tool, and it is crucial in today's uh, job hunting uh, roles, right? So uh, I, that would be my you know final piece of advice on this topic uh, for today. Uh, I have. You know, <laughs> I I could go on for hours just like Michael did. So uh, with that, I'm going to say thanks to our panelists. Uh, appreciate you guys taking your time to uh, you know give your advice and tell your story. Certainly appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this live stream, smash that like button and smash that subscribe button. <laughs> I'm glad you said it because I was too embarrassed to say it. I need. 100 subscribers in order to get a URL at YouTube. I, 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 I have no YouTube ambitions, but I need 100 subscribers. They won't give me a URL that says YouTube slash the cybersecurity librarian. So please, please, please subscribe. Um, more importantly, uh, you know what? Moro and I are addicted to this. We are going to keep doing these sessions please let us know the topics you'd like us to cover. Uh, we are so blessed to have a ton of interesting friends, people who don't like to talk about the weather, who don't want to talk about the latest reality show, who want to talk about really interesting things with each other. And we're going to bring them here. Absolutely. Um, so thank you all 
so much for showing up. And now I'm going to play the outro. Bye, everyone. Thank you. If we all hang around too long after the outro, it actually keeps broadcasting us. Oh, really? Okay. All right. So we probably this is the blooper reel now. I'm going to be on House Party if anyone wants to keep chatting. Say, yeah, well, uh, we'll see you on House Party. All right. Cheers, guys. Yeah.